Escape from Plan A. Hey, welcome everyone. This is another episode of Escape from Plan A, a bonus episode with me, Oxford, and Jess. Hey, Jess. Hey. Uh, so it's just the two of us tonight, and we want to talk about growing up in an enclave, which Jess has done. Like, <laughs> you say it like an accomplishment. Yes, I have done so. <laughs> I grew up in an enclave. <laughs> Bow before and me. I- and I think this is worth a discussion because you and I, uh, we've known each other for a few years now. And I've always noticed that sometimes, um, you know, we're both, you know, second generation Korean and we have a lot of similarities. But sometimes when we talk about things, I do feel we come from very different places because you have uh, grown up in an enclave. So I think in, and it's not like I grew up in a place like Idaho where I was the only Asian person. I grew up in Vancouver very large Asian population. I think it's the largest uh, Chinese population outside of China in the world and everything. But I did not grow up in a place that I would describe as an enclave. So Jess, how would you describe an enclave? I mean, I don't know. It's like what you just said right there. Like uh, you've known me for a while and just in talking, you noticed that some like just through things that I say and think uh, that it appears we come from different places. Uh, that's interesting too because I do actually don't know how to quite characterize it. Um, I, I feel like childhood, just for everyone, is kind of a place that exists somewhat outside time and space, just from lack of context, right? You can't both uh, grow up in a place and not grow you, like you just don't have a sense of like um, context, like how you fit into the greater world, like how you grow, where you grow up, and the people you grow up with kind of form the entirety of your known universe, and it just it takes coming out of that um, in adulthood to gain perspective on that. So, uh, but even still, like, it's it's hard for me to actually put my finger on what definitively um, would be like a, uh, like a critical point of difference between growing up in an enclave versus not. Yeah, once, I think one possible distinction I think I would offer is an enclave is where you grow up not only with a sizable Asian population, whether it's majority, uh, overwhelming majority, plurality, whatever, but I'll say a, not only a sizable Asian population, but where that population exerts enough cultural dominance where you never feel like an outsider because you're Asian. Because where I grew right. up, uh, I would say, I don't know if half is, by high school, at least half the population was Asian. But even in elementary school, there was always a strong contingent of Asian students, mainly Cantonese-speaking Hong Kong immigrants. That was the population that seemed most prevalent in Vancouver when I was growing up. But despite the numbers, uh, we never really exerted any kind of cultural force. So I think that's a distinction. It's not just numbers, it's also that uh, like social power. That's how I would roughly describe it. Yeah, that's fair to say. I, I mean, just for background, I grew up in Arcadia, California. Uh, it's a suburb of Los Angeles. Um, so, and when I grew up, which was uh, late '90s, uh, 2000s, um, you know, roughly my teenage years, basically, 
Um, at that time, the population was about 70, like maybe 75% uh, Chinese. Uh, so very heavily, very heavily, like a super majority of Asians. Uh, and there's there's two dimensions to that, uh, actually. Um, one is like like you mentioned, like the cultural like the cultural force involved in just it's not just a straight numbers game. There is a there has to be a discussion about the relative influence culturally and socially that this population has. Uh, the thing about uh, the thing about Arcadia at that point in time, uh, and I think it still remains true today to a, to a great extent, is that it's also a it's also a wealthy enclave. So, um, so of that 75%, um, I guess I should just give a little context, like the city itself, Arcadia, this whole like area of Los Angeles, this is, uh, this is the area that used to be the Beverly Hills Bel Air of Los Angeles a hundred years ago. Uh, so, I mean, Arcadia is like one of the last cities in Los Angeles to actually desegregate back in the 70s. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, so I think it was actually into the 70s before they put a law in the books, like act formally outlawing segregation within the city limits. And then, so basically from that point, from then to when I grew up, you know, the late 90s, in 20 years, uh, there was like, like an, almost an overnight demographic shift. Um, uh, so, but, so just, and it attracted the kind of Asian that, uh, that socioeconomically would kind of be, um, the successors to what was, what was a, a former very wealthy white enclave, uh, that had kind of diminished in glory and ceded its place to, you know, like <laughs> Beverly Hills, Belly. I mean, so it's it, it, like, there's mansions, right? It's, it's nestled in the, it's nestled in the foothills of, uh, the San Gabriel Mountains. Uh, it's beautiful land. Uh, there's a lot of heritage, uh, you know, like wealthy white shit um, that we just like gradually took over. Um, so that's a, that's that's what the city is. Uh, and I and between Arcadia and San Marino, our neighboring city, uh, I guess the uh, those were and possibly still are. I could be mistaken. Uh, two of the wealthiest uh, Asian cities in the United States. Um, I just have not been able to see any like I think that's that might be different now and if it is I'm I'm ha very happy to see that title to whoever wants to claim it. Uh, but there is a definite class dimension to uh the particular enclave that I grew up in. So I grew up it wasn't quite the era of the Fuerdai, you know, the super rich uh children of Chinese billionaires that you see now. Um uh, but it was still, you know, people, you know, wealthy business people um and uh like up the children of the upper middle class right so like surgeons lawyers um ch those families still well earning uh like high income earning families that are well situated within uh within the middle class yeah because money is a force multiplier i know people who grew up in places in say new york city and in you know around chinatown and they went to schools that were like 90% Asian or very heavily Asian, but there was no sense of uh, like Asian-ness being the dominant, most desirable cultural force because it was still a working class uh, type of Asian identity, which wasn't as aspirational. Right. So, um, 
So in very materialist, you know, capitalist uh, model minority sense, um, I I guess one of the one of the things in looking back uh, was uh, both good and bad about growing up in an environment like that is that everything could be contained under the umbrella of Asianness, right? So we talk about so one of the concepts that always uh, confused me uh, when I first came uh, started familiarizing myself with online Asian discourse is the concept of escaping one's Asianness, right? Right, and, and that's one of the uh, things that I really have a hard time wrapping my head around when you talk about that because as i said even though i grew up in a place that had a very significant asian population it had no real cultural power so you could be in a class with like half asian but a lot of asian kids were still like oh you know yeah we got the numbers but nobody really wants to be asian but your experience was very different yeah and i'm not saying this is an unalloyed good right because we are talking about a very classist kind of aspiration right that's rooted in materialism right so uh so you know, this is i mean i think this is one of the strongest critiques uh that i've heard against uh like the movie crazy rich asians right um, that it's it's promoting a sense of glamour and desirability for Asians, but it's rooted in like materialist aspiration, right? The, you like being Asian is great. You get to be rich and have all these fabulous toys and live a fabulous life. It's glamorous and fun, um, which is both true. Like I think most people do live. I mean, if you're here, you are rooted in a capitalist, materialistic society. So um, there is an inevitable. A gravitational pull towards seeing the artifacts of a high class life as desirable, right? Uh, do you get what I'm saying? Um, so you could, you could, and so when I grew, so in growing up where I did, um, uh, you had that kind of asp. If you if you wanted to adopt that sort of aspiration for your own life or celebrating that dimension of. Uh, of existence in a, in your particular in social class um like it was right there uh you weren't you weren't uh you weren't uh, jealous of or um you didn't have to be jealous of like white people because uh it always seemed like a particular form of trauma in in talking to people who grew up in situations like this and reading about their stories where you're not only one of the few Asians in your school or community, you're also on the uh, lower end of the socioeconomic scale of that community. Uh-huh. Uh I that is its own like you un like unique form of uh of trauma, right? It means that you're not only alone; it's your aloneness is just universally what society would universally declare to be an undesirable position. Like, there is no redemption in that particular uh, space and time for you as a growing, as an adult, as a, you know, a child growing into adulthood in a situation like that. But, uh, so the benefit, so I guess one of the psychologically protective elements of growing up in a, bu in a bubble like that is that... Uh, you never had to feel particularly pathologized uh, across any single dimension within the umbrella of race. Um, if you were poor, or you know, if you were poor or not as well off, uh, you're not. It, you're not. That doesn't take on a racial overtone as a result of you know you being Asian. And conversely, if you are wealthy and uh, and you know flaunt that life. 
Um, it would be difficult to level an accusation of like of like escaping, you know, trying to emulate white people necessarily. Like, oh, though you're just trying to be white or something. Like, no, it's still it's a very it's classism uh, mediated completely through you know Asian social Asian and Asian American social dynamics.